Hi, this is Natalie Hoffman of FlyingFreeNow.com, and you're listening to the Flying Free Podcast, a support resource for women of faith looking for hope and healing from hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. Welcome to episode 140 of the Flying Free Podcast. Today I have with me Lydia Dominguez. She is currently serving as technical sergeant in the United States Air Force, but she also understands domestic abuse, divorce, and the healing process. And she has used all of her personal and professional experience to write a book called Don't Turn Back. So first of all, welcome to the podcast, Lydia. Hi, thank you, Natalie. Thank you for having me. Such an honor. Yeah. Can you, um, can you tell us why you called your book Don't Turn Back? Uh, well, I made probably the same mistakes every other um, victim of domestic violence does. Is I turned back so many times for so many different reasons, even after he was found guilty of spousal abuse and child abuse through the military. And I wow. continued to keep going back. Did the military do, do, do they do anything when someone is found, found guilty of that kind of thing? Yeah, they, so it, it's, all jurisdictional. So where did it happen? Did it happen on base, off base? Um, so if it happened off base, they wouldn't prosecute. But in my case, since I did, we did live on, on base, like on the military installation, um, they could prosecute, which kind of was hindering my civilian court uh, hearings because they were like, well, this happened on a military base, not in, not in our county. Um, so it gets very technical. Um, but they did, they did find them guilty for that. Um, but in the end, it's called a, in the military, they call it a line number. They did end up giving him his line number and he eventually did go and promote a year later. He, he so went, what, was, what was that? What was that last sentence you said? He oh, went, what? Uh, yeah. Eventually he did go on to promote a year later. Oh, oh, you're kidding. Through the military. Yeah. And it probably didn't help, you know, the whole case with me continuing to go back with him even after that. Um, so he even, you know, he was found guilty for all this stuff. And, and then we still decided to reconcile and then move off base. Eventually he did get his promotion, um, that he wanted. Um, but yeah, he, he was back in 2015, there was a big wave of people being pushed out of the military and he was actually on the list, um, to be pushed out. Um, and because he had met all of his qualifications, he was able to stay in even, even after having that on his record. Wow. That's very interesting. Can you tell us, this isn't, it's cut a little bit off, off of what some of the questions were that we were going to talk about, which we'll get to eventually, but I'm just curious. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what was your motivation for taking him back? Cause I think you had said, you told me prior to this, it was seven or eight times that you went back where, what, which one was it? Seven or eight? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I went back seven times. Um, okay. um my, yeah. And it, and it, towards the end, it was, uh, he had discarded me at the end. Um, but I mean, just, I was just clinging on to this relationship that was just destroying my, myself. It was destroying my children. It was, you know, all facets of my life were being just, um, just minimized, just, just to wrap around his life and his needs. Um, and you know, it, it, uh, the breaking point for me was just seeing that, you know, not only my suffering, like I started noticing my children were, exhibiting signs of PTSD and anxiety. And I was like, Whoa, I I'm over here worried about myself. Like they they're going through something too. Mm. Um, you know, and it really made me stop and go, we need to heal like all of us, not just me, 
Like I'm not the broken one. Like we all need to heal and start working on this process. Yeah. It's often, I've seen that. I see that a lot actually where moms will, they're once they, they almost will, they'll throw themselves under the bus. But then as soon as the, as soon as they realize, wait a minute, my kids are getting thrown under the bus also, that's when they'll step in and take action. So, and I often, even when I'm coaching women, they'll give me a situation that they're dealing with and they'll kind of justify it or, you know, like make it seem like, well, I can, it's okay if I go through this or whatever. And, but then I'll say, what if your daughter was going through this? What would you tell her? And of course, then they see it really clearly. Oh, well, I would never want her to, you know, go through this. And so it's just the heart of a mom, I guess. We just have, we have more clarity, I think, around our kids than we do around ourselves sometimes. Um, we do. And as women, we have such a high pain tolerance. Yeah. You know, we're willing yes. to take on more. Yeah. Absolutely. It, okay. So why don't you tell us, um, do you think domestic violence is more likely to be prevalent because of your socioeconomic level or education? Um, you know, it, it, domestic violence affects all people of all colors, of all, um, of all, uh, you know, economic status, rich or poor, you know, uh, whatever it, it doesn't, it really does not have a singular point of, um, oh, because I'm a, you know, uh, a educated woman, I shouldn't have, I, I shouldn't be going through this or because I didn't get my GED, you know, oh, I, that, that entails, that means I should be going through that. Absolutely not. Um, it affects all, all types of people in all facets of life, you know, young or old as well. Um, and it's, it's really sad. It's about 10 million people exhibit uh, domestic violence every year. Well, and all kinds of personalities too. I think I used to think, you know, maybe women who had, who were quieter or maybe shyer or, um, less aggressive type of women would be more susceptible to ab domestic abuse. And what I have found is that a lot of victims are like leaders in their fields. They're out there, you know, taking those leadership roles, you know, in the workforce or, um, even at home and they're still experiencing emotional or physical abuse with their intimate yeah. partner. So it really has nothing to do with your personality or how much money you have or how educated you are or even your no, attitudes it, towards violence. I mean, you can yeah, have doesn't. people. I, I know so many people who would be, you know, adamantly against any kind of abuse. And, and in fact, I know I've talked to therapists who, you know, help other women. And then they'll come to me and say, I think I'm actually in an abusive relationship. I'm, I actually need help. So, um, so what are some ways that you mentioned in your book, you talk in your book about how to, you know, prepare financially to leave, how, how can women do that? Especially if they're being financially abused and they don't have access to money. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it's actually one of the biggest reasons women return, women don't leave. Um, it's because of, you know, just being held down or, you know, we got kids, we start staying at home more. 
We're not able to go back. Um, and so uh, some little ways I've learned to hide money um, because I actually, I actually did move money and that, that caused a big fight uh, because it was like a bank transaction. Um, but what I learned is that going, when you go to the grocery store, Walmart, wherever, Albertsons, um, you can get, you know, you can buy gift cards, you can pull cash out at that point. That way it looks like, oh, they went to Albertsons. The charge on the bank statement has that Albertsons or wherever food store um, charge. And it doesn't show like exactly, unless, you know, there's your abusive spouse is asking for receipts. You don't necessarily see that cash. Um, and then some really kind of interesting things I, I found out and learned is that you can hide the ways you hide cash is, you know, there's like a pocket in um, women's underwear, um, right? Right. Uh, you know, women's underwear has this little pocket in there and you can actually hide, you know, money in there. Um, you can, you can fold small amounts of money in there and hide it, um, hide it away as you collect money. Um, you know, but basically gathering up gift cards, gathering up cash, um, slowly, slowly by slowly. And, and, you know, even if you could make it to, let's say $2,000, which is typical for a attorney fee or retainer, or even, um, to be able to get into another apartment or, you know, a deposit, right. To put down, um, you still might have to use someone to protect that money. You still might need to ask a friend, ask a family member, say, hey, can I put this here? Can you hold it for me? Um, can I continue to come here to just drop it off um, and just slowly gather money that way, just so you don't raise alarms because money, you know, in any normal relationship, right? You're just asking about normal relationships. Money is a very high contentious thing. I mean, it drives all parts of our life. And, you know, when you have such a violent relationship you're working out of and you're now you're adding in financial stress, I mean, that can trigger anyone. And, and, you know, the amount of anger and fear that comes out of, of budgeting and money that can that can really drive a really dangerous uh, event. You know, when a, when a woman is trying to escape or get to safe, get to a shelter um, and so just doing these little things just to gather money here and there um, can really, you know, just save you later on, even if it is a hundred dollars, even if it is, you know, as much as a thousand dollars, that seems like a lot, uh, you know, as much as you can gather before you leave. Right. That, that's good advice. Um, one thing that people will ask me, or actually I watched someone do this, someone local to me that I knew personally, she didn't have any money and she didn't have a job. She just took out a credit card, her own, you know, her own credit card. And then she, or maybe she had it. I'm not sure, but you getting your own, like separating your finances, if you can, or getting your own credit card or your own bank card, I think is super important. That's a first step, but, um, she just put her retainer on credit and then, I mean, the, you know, it took a while for the divorce to go through. But when you get divorced, depending on your location in the world, in, in the United States, most states are no fault divorce, which means that the assets are divided in half. And then you get those, you get those assets, that money, and then you use that to pay off your credit card. I mean, it's kind of sad that, that you have to use a big chunk of your, of your assets at the end to pay off the credit card, but that is a way that you can, you know, pay for, pay for your attorney and, and get out. Right. And that's the yes, goal. Absolutely. 
The goal is just to get out. Once you're out, then you can begin the rebuilding process. And I know a lot of people will say, well, how do I do that? How do I do that? I mean, what do you, what do you tell people when they say, well, I don't know how, how, because that, that's such a nebulous question. It's like, give me the 10 steps that I need to do and how long it's going to take to do each step, but it's going to be so different for everybody. How, how it would is. you Yeah. I would tell people, you know, okay. Once you've, you know, saved some money, if any, even if you don't get any money saved, definitely go start your own bank account. Um, you don't, that don't need permission to do that. I, I had a joint bank account with my ex and he had, he saw everything I did. Um, yeah. and you don't need to get permission to go get your own checking and, and savings. And if you do have a job, um, you know, go and switch the account at your job to make sure that money starts going that way. Um, you don't need permission from anyone to do that. Um, That's honestly, right. I didn't learn how to do taxes until I was divorced. Um, cause he yeah. handled the money, you know? And so, I had no clue on how to do, now I'm good at it. Now I know how to do it, but, um, you know, things like that. And then, um, you know, and then I know, uh, getting credit is, is hard. And a lot of people, a lot of financial gurus, right. Say, don't do that. Or some say, do do that. Um, to be honest, I am all for it. If you, you know, need to go to your local credit union, if you can get a loan through your work, if you can get a loan, um, just a small loan. Don't go crazy and get a, like a ten thousand dollar loan, but just enough to get you, you know, to pay your attorney retainer, and and just just to be able to go and and move on. That's that way you can, um, you know, not have to worry about like, oh, uh, am I going to be able to like live or cash out my attorney? You know, just pay that off, then make the credit payments, even if it is through your local, you know, union, uh, you know, union bank. And, um, you know, they might have a high interest rate or whatever, but pay it off as soon as you can. And, you know, it, it gives you, it buys you time. And that's what you need is to buy you time to the next step. Right. And yes. the next one. Yes, that's exactly it. And which along that thought, I was going to say, don't tell your husband as little as possible. Like don't rate, try not to raise any red alarms. I think, you know, going out and getting your own bank ac- account is going to cause him to be upset, I think, but um, at least that was my experience. And that's the experience of some other women I've talked to. Um, But at the same time, you don't have to say, you you don't want him to think that, okay, it's because I'm eventually going to get out of this relationship. You can just make it, you know, you can just say, Hey, I'm an adult woman. I have my own job. If you do, um, I need to have my own bank account that I don't, I'm a, I'm an adult. I don't need your permission or anybody else's permission to do this. This has nothing to do with our relationship. This has to do with me taking responsibility for my life and my finances. That's it. And then that, you know, that can sort of settle him down a little bit. Cause here's, here's the problem. If they get triggered and they think that you're going to leave, they're going to start moving money. They're going to start hiding money and they're not going to care that it's actually, you know, they're not going to care. They're going to start moving it into investments or things like that, that you can't find when you do finally file for divorce. And that money is part, you know, some of that money is half yours and half his, your money is going to be half yours and half his. I, I hope people understand that whatever yeah. you have in a bank account, when you get divorced gets divided in half. So, um, but whatever he has, will get divided in half too, except that a lot of these guys, they are, they've been doing the finances for longer than some of us and they know what to do to hide the money. 
And that's what they're going to do to make it look like they don't have any, Oh, I don't have very much to give you. I'm so sorry. So yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. And then you're left like me finding a private investigator, uh, to discover, you know, all these other things. Um, one of, one of the things I want to mention to your viewers is that, um, you know, when you do, when, once you do leave, once everything kind of settles, once, once everything is, um, once you're safe, basically, uh, go check your credit card, you know, go, go check your credit karma, your, um, your credit, because uh, a lot of people do go and use their spouses to get credit, to go and get false credit cards in their spouse's name. And, um, they do open up a lot of checking, a lot of accounts that way. Um, so make sure you, you haven't been a victim of, um, you know, just of having someone else take your, take your social, take your name and, and open up an account in your name and then basically take that money. Um, because that does happen a lot. And it's, it's just, it's so, uh, devastating financially to now have that, that credit is on your name and now you have to pay it back. Yes. Yes. It's one more layer of the abuse that is that kind of, it's like the gift that keeps on giving after you're gone. Right. Oh yes. Like cars too. If you have a car in your name, but it's in, but he has it, but you know, he totaled it and now you still got to pay for it. Um, yeah, that just keeps on giving, doesn't it? Right. Right. Do you talk about these kinds of things in your book as well? These financial. I do these little financial tips. Yep. Yep. yep, I do. Um, you know, especially I talk about it also like making sure you, you know, have a will have, even if you don't have property or a giant estate, you got to plan for, you know, plan for something for your kids, plan for something for the money you do have and the things you do have. Um, you know, I talk about, you know, I had a friend who had never updated her insurance policy and her, you know, 50 K went to her ex and she, and she had married and had a child, you know, 13 years later, and then she dies and the insurance policy went to her ex and her ex was not willing to share. Yeah. It was pretty devastating. Yeah. So they went, they went through the loss of like, you know, they just lost their mom. They just, you know, it was a car accident. And it was very sudden. And, you know, they went through this loss, this this traumatic event. And then to just keep on going through more trauma afterwards of now, how do we pay for this? How do we pay for her funeral? We have no money to pay for her funeral because the insurance policy paid it out um, to her ex. So he got a big giant check and they went into debt. That is, oh my gosh, that that just makes me so angry. Oh, it frustrating. Does. Yeah. And he wasn't willing even to give them a partial or, you know, some of it, he was just not willing to well, hear Of course it, not. So. That's, that's why, that's why we divorce yeah. these people, right? They're not, they're <laughs> not that, they're not that guy. Okay. So, all right. So let's say that someone is just newly divorced. They've got a couple of kids. They are starting all over. Some of these moms they don't have careers because they stayed home with the kids and dad had, you know, dad had the career and they maybe even dropped out of school to help dad go finish school. I mean, there's so many stories out there and now they're by themselves with these kids and they don't have much because maybe their husband did some of these, you know, pulled some of these tactics and left them pretty destitute. What would you tell them? Um, I would tell them one, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's going to be okay. Uh, where you are now is not where you're going to be in a year or in two years or three. 
um, you know, it, it, it's going to, it's going to take some hard work and it, it's, it's not going to be easy. Um, there is a little bit of a bad word, right? Budget. It is, it is like a, it's like diet. It's like it's such a bad word. Um, but you're going to have to live on a budget. Um, you know, and I, I, I do always tell people to get, you know, if you want to go to the store, you know, buy whatever, but get the store brand, um, you know, items, like don't go out and yeah. get like the name brand items, like go get the store brand items, save money that way. So you can, you know, live within your means. Um, I do, I am a huge fan of Dave Ramsey. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, he is a, a huge, uh, financial guru and he talks about when you're, you're going through something, you know, very hard in your life, whether it is death, divorce, whatever, you know, you're going to, sometimes you have to enact the four walls and it's shelter, um, food, utilities, and transportation. So going down to those four things and just like, if you have to put off, um, you know, if you have to put off a credit card, if you have to put off a loan, or if you have to put off, you know, Susie's braces, you know, for a little while, then do it for about a month or two and then reassess where you can. Um, sometimes if the house is on fire, you got to take care of the house. You can't, you know, utilities are things that are going to go out really fast. Try to get on any program that will help you pay for those utilities. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm a huge supporter of going, if you need welfare, use the welfare, go on yes. housing. Yes. Go on housing, go on food stamps. It's hard. I know it feels like very shameful to do it, but you just think about it. It's just, it's just there to get you to another step, right? It's just part of the step. And yeah, I, you know, I lived in an, uh, one of the times I left, I moved into an apartment with my two children and we were in, uh, you know, this tiny apartment and I slept on a bunk bed. It was like a full size bed on the bottom and a, a twin on the top. And I, that's where I slept. And I, um, you know, that's, that's kind of just what we had to endure. Um, you know, we, we didn't go out to eat all the time. We, ate, you know, it was like we had, there was a lot of hot dogs. There was a lot of spaghetti nights, you know, there was a lot of $5 pizza nights. Sometimes you just got to get creative and don't feel like you have to, you know, serve your kids like this cuisine type food. I know it's, I know it's easy to fall into the, you know, the, the TV or the movie aspect of what a single life mom should be like. And, and it's, it's hard. It's not, it's not going to be easy and nobody's going to tell you it's going to be easy, but um, sometimes just getting through in those happy moments, you know, finding, Hey, Tuesday is spaghetti night or Tuesday is taco night or, you know, right. Hey, we're going to go to $5. We would, me and my kids love movies. So we would, so I couldn't afford, I really couldn't afford going to the movies on a regular night. So we'd go to like the $5 Tuesday nights yep. every Tuesday. <laughs> Funny. And, uh, just cause I couldn't, I, that's the only one I could afford. Right. And we, we would, you know, even though we were like a week late on the movie, um, we still got to see the movie. So still fine. Right. Um, but just, well, just finding ways to, you know, make life work. Yeah. Are you a woman of faith who also happens to be divorced? I've been developing a brand new program that will give you the tools you need to manage your thoughts and emotions, grow your self-confidence so that you can take risks and do things you never dreamed possible, and so you can build happy, healthy relationships with other people. Did you know none of this good stuff depends on your outward circumstances or your past? You can generate the life you've dreamed of all by yourself. And I'm going to teach you how through online classes and transformational coaching. Are you ready to take your new life to the next level and fly higher? 
Learn more and get on the waiting list at joinflyinghire.com. Okay, so what are some other resources? I mean, you've, you've listed some that are that would be available to help these women financially. Yes. So outside of going through, you know, your local uh, human services for housing, food, um, going down to your local church, they usually have, you know, free USDA food that they give out. Um, there are resources such as um, there's the Legal Aid Society, um, and they help handle cases involving domestic violence. And um, they can provide, um, they, pr- they, can, they have like a map where you can enter your, your zip code and see if you can qualify for free legal assistance. Um, so that's super helpful for, you know, women that are trying to find like, they really, they are at a shelter, they got zero to their name, and they need help. Um, They're there to help provide um, legal assistance for them. Okay. Um, there's also like the women's law. Women's law is also there to help provide it's womenslaw.com, but they help everybody, men and women. Um, and they provide legal information and referrals for women um, that are, you know, if you want to go through your own route and, and uh, basically represent yourself in court, you can do that, or um, they can help you through that um, or getting a legal assistance. Um, there's also other uh, programs that are state by state that help with crime. Um, they're, crime victim compensation. So if you went through a event that was documented, um, you know, with a police report or a medical report, and um, they can give you, uh, basically, it's a crime victim compensation. So um, any prisoners of the state, they basically pay into that fund. So um, it is called uh, the National Association of Crime Victims Compensation, NACV cb.org. Um, and they can help find your state and what, you know, can help you pay for medical bills or any kind of expense that happened, um, as, as being a victim of a crime. Interesting. I had no idea. So criminals actually are required to pay into that out of their earnings that they're earning in prison or something. Yeah. So they earn, if they earn money in prison or um, let's say they were given a fee um, like stipulated, Hey, you must pay this to the state or you must pay, you know, like this is, Hey, you, the, uh, you know, each state is different. So let's say for assault crime, this ki- type of crime, the state stipulates, you must pay this much of money into the crime fund. And it, let's say it's a thousand dollars. So they'll owe a thousand dollars and they'll have to pay that off until and they won't be able to either be released from jail or they won't be able to be released from probation until they finish paying off that fee. Interesting. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you, you said you had a story about a Toyota Camry. I did. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah. My poor Toyota. Um, so in the midst of my divorce and the, this is the final one, um, the final separation, I was so overwhelmed and busy and I got to go from court. I got to go pick up groceries. I got to help the kids with homework. I got to, everything was, I got to go somewhere. I had, I never stopped. And just one morning, I, my, my faithful Camry, and this is a 2000 Camry. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't anything special. It was just, you know, a clunker and, but it had been so faithful to me and it had been so good. And I just failed it. I didn't get my oil changed and um, my car just died one morning. And I had to get picked up from my coworkers 
Um, and I was right outside the military installation too. I barely, I was like really close. Like I almost made it. And um, yeah, I just, I, for, I put off getting an oil change for a couple of months and it froze up and died and it, it completely was totaled. Mm. Um, so I had to, it was just like in the middle of, of a storm, right? Now I got this extra crazy expense. Now yeah. I got to find another car, um, which I did. I went and found another clunker for like, you know, I think it was like another thousand or 1500. It was like such a clunker car. I mean, I'm literally like, um, you know, like the handles for the window, like I'm like <laughs> turning the handle for the windows. Like this was, this was like, uh, you know, like you had to like unlock each car, each door. Yeah. Like it yeah. wasn't automatic. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was not pretty, but it got me through. <laughs> yeah. It got you from one place to another when you needed it. Yeah. And now, and now I remember the oil change. <laughs> Yeah. So I right. definitely go get my car oil changed now. I have a, I have a better car now, but, um, back in those days, it was just the, it was so much, I felt like the rain, like the sky was falling. It just felt like everything was breaking down. Like, you know, my car fell apart, the fence in my backyard, it fell down. Mm-hmm. My son's uh, fan ceiling fan had fallen from the, from the sky. I felt like, felt like from, it felt like from the sky. Like, you know, yeah. it just, it, things were just falling apart everywhere I went and it just, it felt like, oh, I just want to give up, you know, and you just got to keep moving. And it, it does, it does seem like the universe goes like that, right? Like God has mysterious ways of, of, um, things, things come and, and things come at you and they can, it continue to come at you, but you continue to find strength in all of this. So yeah, the um, human spirit is amazing. And I do think it gets worse before it gets better. So when things do just one after another, after another, just relentless. I think you can know this is, you know, it is going, it's still, yeah, it's getting worse, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. And it will eventually get better. It will. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. I have seen it. (laughs) It is real. I can guarantee you that. Yes. And I've seen, I've literally seen hundreds of women go through this and I've gone through it myself too. just, um, feeling like it's just, it, this is never, it's never going to end. This is my lot in life for the rest of my life. I think our brains do that. Our brains kind of go to that catastrophe place and don't, and they just want to give up. They just want to, they just want to give up, Oh yeah, but we don't, we keep going and we do eventually discover that the storm ends, the sun comes back out again and we rebuild our lives. And it's usually a much more amazing life than we had before. It was the first step is financial independence. So yes, that's right. A very important part (laughs) and probably the most scary part and the most, um, probably the biggest roadblock I think that women have is figuring out that piece. So why don't you tell us, um, first of all, tell us just a little bit more about your book and then where can listeners connect with you online? Uh, yeah. So I, again, I have, my book was a, I, I feel like it's been written. It's been going on for about 10 years. Um, I, I sat down and wrote it during the quarantines lockdown. Um, and I just had so many things on my heart that I had learned and I've been through and I've seen so many women in court and, and met so many people through that. Um, and I just started putting all my journals and notes together and I was like, wow, I can, I really have a lot to give. Um, wow. and it just started piecing it together. Like, you know, just between, you know, financial independence and getting your estate planning together, um, you know, from emotionally healing, 
to physically healing, to spiritually healing um, as a believer. And, and there was just so many pieces to that. And, and I wanted my book to be just a part of your journey, you know, and there's going to be all sorts of other books that dive into the mental aspects of the brain and the chemical changes of trauma. And, and my book is just to kind of set you on that road. Like this is your roadmap and just follow this roadmap and it will lead you, lead you to that end of the tunnel. Yeah. I love the title. It's very clear and it gives a very clear call and, um, and it's very important to not turn back. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you uh, would like a free bookmark and, or a signed copy, you can get a copy from my website at uh, Lydia Dominguez.com. That's L Y D I A D O M I N G U E Z.com. Yeah. We'll provide the links in the show notes too. So if you're listening on your, on the podcast app, all you have to do is go to flyingfreenow.com forward slash 140, 140. And that's going to be, that's the, the number of this episode. That's going to be where you'll find links and, and show notes. Okay. Um, and then of course your book, they can get it on Amazon, correct? Yes. Amazon, also? Target, Barnes and Nobles. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. And are you on social media? Are you I am. I, I, you know, I am on Facebook, but I, I love Instagram a lot better. I, can, I feel like I can do a lot more. Um, but yeah, I Instagram uh, and Facebook, I'm on both of them. Okay. It's so funny. I'm laughing because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm a lot older than you are and I don't get Instagram. I just don't get it. I'm going to hire my daughter. Well, I have hired my daughter. I'm like, Amy, you have to figure out the Instagram thing. Cause I don't have time to figure it out. <laughs> But everyone is so into Instagram now. And I'm just like, what about Facebook? I understand <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. So yeah, anyway. You know, and then I don't understand TikTok. And so it's like, my son is like, <laughs> oh, yeah, know, I don't even go there. TikTok. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm not even going there. I'm not even going there. So that's so funny, though. But, um, well, Hey, I'm from the days. Well, I suppose, I mean, maybe when you were a little girl, there was no computer when I was, I mean, there were no computers when I was an adult, you know, I had my first baby and there was no computers. I was on bed rest for the first couple of children that I had actually the first four children that I had, we didn't have computers or phones. I sat, I laid in bed and watched, you know, soap operas all day long. It was horrible. <laughs> But nowadays, man, yeah. you guys have it good if you go on bed rest. There's so many things to do. You could start a business on bed rest for crying out you loud. You could. Yeah, you could run you could run a whole business on bed rest. <laughs> well, totally. And and even writing a book, the the fact that you or I can write a book and get and have it published, that's like there's so many more opportunities now to hear from so many more people out there in the world because of the internet. It's incredible. Yeah. And so many ways to get your message out there and, and to learn tips and tricks from everybody. So I love it. Exactly. (laughs) Me too. Well, thank you again for giving us some of your time and sharing some of your expertise with us. And for those of you who are listening, go get her book. It's called don't turn back. And she has experience with turning back. So she knows all the ins (laughs) and outs, all the ins and outs of it. And and it's probably going to be super relatable too. Cause that is something that's very, very common. A high percentage of women will go back over and over again. And even if you don't like, I didn't leave and go back, but I thought about leaving many times and then would 
go back mentally. You know what I mean? Go back and yeah. go, yeah, I guess I'm not going to, Oh, I guess I am. I was I, the way I describe it is like having a baby, having contractions. Like you have mm-hmm. this, these contractions and they get stronger and stronger. And each contraction is super painful. And you think this is it. This is when I'm going to leave. One. <laughs> and then, you know, and then it kind of goes away and you're like, Oh, I can do this. I can stay. But eventually you do go through transition and you finally have that last contraction where it's like, there's no turning back. I'm done. And so that's. Yeah. I, I, I went through and packed my bags and left a couple of times and, you know, you can't afford a hotel every time. And, um, you know, and it's, it's just all sorts of reasons why you keep going back, but, um, you know, I really, I, I actually went through and dissected all that in another podcast, but of like every single reason. And it, and it was, I mean, even, you know, talking in that podcast, it was kind of hard, like, and then you went back again after that. It's like, yeah, I didn't go, you know, like, yes, I did. And it, it, it is, it's a shameful thing. And it feels like you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to tell anyone your family thinks they know, but they don't know, you know, and, and you just want, you just, you just want the pain to stop. And whether it's filling the void with, um, you know, going back or filling the void with another person. Like you just want the pain to quit, you know, just to stop going, going through your whole body and taking over your life. Um, and you know, I, I really hope, you know, women out there can find that financial independence. They can find that spiritual independence and not feel like they have to cling on to, to somebody for, for that, um, feeling right to not be broken. Well, we should have you back and you, you can tell us how all of, all of those things. Would you want that to come back great. and do that? Natalie, okay. I would love <laughs> it. I, I, I can just hear some of the listeners were like, I want to know that. I want to know that information. So we'll have you back. That sounds great. I'd love, right. to have, I'd love to be back. Thanks for having me. All right. Yeah. And for the rest of you who are listening, thanks for listening. And until next time, fly free.